Hello everybody. Um, hope you had a wonderful day today. God sure is good. Anytime we got the strength to get out of bed in the mornings and go about our day and and do what we need to do and stuff and be have the strength to work and God puts breath in our body, we need to be thankful for it, you know. And and God knows how to take care of His own. And uh, I appreciate Him tonight and I love Him. And um, you know, God is so good. Anyways, I'm doing a, tonight a little bit of a recap on where I'm at so far on the armor and uh, uh, a little bit of extra stuff with it so before I proceed any further um, I felt led to do this tonight on what I'm fixing to be speaking to you about and if you have your Bibles you can go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and, uh, and so you know the armor of God is very important in our lives I mentioned that a little while back in one of the teachings you know, and, and and we need to put the armor on. We re, we seriously need to get a hold of this thing because, you know, the devil ain't holding no punches. He's not holding anything back. And he, you know, he has no, he don't care about us one way or the other. All he wants to do is just take us down, take us out. You know, and we are in warfare against him, whether you, whether anybody out there believes it or not, that's who we're fighting against. We're not fighting against each other. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against our brothers and sisters and, and against our neighbors and against people out there, you know, that we meet every day and different things and, and stuff. We're fighting against an adversary that we can't see. And the only way we can win and the only way we can beat him and defeat him is with the help of the Lord. And the only way that we can get the help from the Lord is by doing what he tells us to do in his word. And we have to, and we have to be able to do that. And that's one of the reasons, one of the purposes for this teaching and one of the reasons why that I'm doing this is to help us get to where we need to be, to where we can stand against the enemy and where we can fight against him, where we can withstand his attacks and his tactics and his tricks and, and all the different devices that he has to come against us with. Because if we don't, if we're not prepared and if we're not doing what we need to be doing, we're not equipped like we need to be equipped and we're not strengthened in our soul and in our spirit to where we can stand and we're not going to be able to stand we're going to fall and when we fall then the devil gets the victory how many likes letting somebody else have the victory how many likes for your favorite team to lose and, and the other team get the victory how many people likes when you're playing a game of some sort how many people likes to lose because if you fall to the devil that's what you're doing you're losing to him nobody likes to lose everybody likes to be a winner likes to be a victor but this this winning this victory here has a prize a greater prize than we could ever possibly think we can't comprehend what god has in store for us the bible tells us that it has not entered into the eyes of man nor in his ears neither has he heard he hasn't seen nor has he heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what god has in store for us when we get to the other side when we win this thing when we become victorious and we get across and get over into heaven with Paul and Paul's the one that said that when he was saying that no man knows what God's got in store for us until we get there but in order to find out what he's got for us we have to make it we have to get there and in order to get there we have to keep pressing forward keep pressing on not stopping not falling to the wayside not turning to the left or turning to the right but keeping our eyes on the prize for the calling of the high for the keeping our eyes on the prize of the calling of God through Christ Jesus on our lives. When He calls us, we, he, he calls us to, for a purpose, but He also causes us, calls us to reach the goal that He has set for us. 
And that goal is in heaven. That goal is to be where He is and where our treasure should be laid up. We should be laying our treasure up here. We need to be laying our treasure up in heaven where God is because up there, nobody can come and steal it from you. No, nobody can come and trick you into giving it to them like the devil wants to try to do to us here on this world here by tricking us and trying to come in and steal our victory, trying to come in and steal our joy, try to come in and steal everything we have and take everything we got because that's what he does the best is he takes and he, he lies and he cheats and he steals. And when somebody allows the devil to use them, that's who we're fighting against as a devil through others. But we have to be ready. We have to come on. We have to speak the word of God. Everything that I told that I've gotten into so far. But uh, <laughs> hallelujah, I'm getting carried away here. <laughs> Praise God. Let's go ahead and get into this thing. Um, Ephesians chapter six, verse thirteen. It says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now there's a comma between all and to stand. But it says here, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Now I said one time before, I said that God, when we go to the altar and we're sincere with God and we give, we, we surrender to Him and we allow Him to be the, the ruler over our lives and we, we accept, we we take on the salvation that He has for us. He died for us th thousands of years ago so we could be saved. But when we go to the altar with a sincere heart and we give in to the Lord and we allow Him to, to use us and we become a willing vessel of the Lord and we, we change our lives, we get up a different person, He equips us with the armor. He equips us with every piece of the armor because the minute you stand up, you have the armor on. So... When you have the armor on, you 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 got the mind of Christ. You're thinking like Him. You're you're changed of attitude. You're you got the righteousness of Him in your heart. You have to you got the sword, but you have to sharpen the sword by getting into the Word of God. You should have a desire to get into His Word, a desire to learn more of Him, and you have the the shield of faith. Your faith is boosted when you get up from the altar because you're able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy and all that, and so on and so forth. But the thing is. What happens is when we get out in the world and the devil starts hitting us from the left to the right, putting dents in our helmet and scuff marks on our breastplate and, and puncture wounds in our shield and, and dents in our sword and, and all that stuff from his attacks and from his, from his attacking us and hitting us from all different angles and all different sides and coming against us, we begin to get weak in him and the armor begins to get a little weary to wear and a little weary to keep on. So we start laying the pieces down to, to get, you know, to try and catch our wind and stuff and try to, to rest a little bit. But that's the worst thing to do is setting your armor down, setting it down. No, we need, what we need to do, we need, you need to hit your knees and ask God to help you, give you strength so that you can keep standing, so that you can keep pressing on. The way you do it is you take that shield and you, you anoint that shield with the fresh oil. The fresh oil is the Holy Ghost. You want to get into the presence of the Lord and allow His anointing to flow over you. So your shield will begin to get anointed by the Lord. Then you, you have to sharpen your sword by getting into the Word of God. And your breastplate, you, you polish your breastplate up by, by getting into His presence and allowing Him to, to buff the, the edges off on your righteousness and help you to get more righteous in Him and get stronger and closer to Him so that you can stand. And so, see, you can't fight. You can't do all this by yourself. You can't just go out there without any piece of armor on, without any piece of equipment on. And you can't, you can't go out there and stand without all this because you have to be able to keep yourself protected. 
In order to keep yourself protected, you have to wear the things that are protecting you. Your helmet of salvation. If you pull that helmet of salvation off of your head, then what's going to happen is the devil's going to start putting into your ear. You ain't saved. God don't love you. God didn't call you. God did, God ain't done nothing for you. Look at you. You're just nothing but just a useless piece of flesh just walking around. And all I'm, and I'm going to keep hammering you and hammering you until I drag you down here with me. That's, that's his attitude towards us. He's going to try to beat you and whip you and tear you apart tear you to pieces he's a lion that's going about roaring around just looking for whom he can devour he's looking for people that's laid their armor down he's looking for people that are weak in him and people that's going to sit there and allow him to come in and, and harm them and, and take their salvation away and allow them to take their joy away see when you start losing your joy and you begin to get unhappy with things and begin to get unhappy with a church or and, and you, you have no desire to go back to church and you're not happy no more nothing makes you happy you go into the house of god and you go in and you sit on a pew and nothing 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 affects you nothing makes you feel the joy of the lord you can't get into his presence you don't feel nothing you're you're just a lump of flesh sitting there on the pew then something's wrong you need to get you need to hit the altar and get the joy of the lord back get into his presence and you have to take that armor take that armor out of your closet polish it up fix it up sharpen your sword all that stuff put it back on so that when the devil comes and hits you again then you're ready for him and you can stand and he's not going to affect you don't take your armor off because the devil comes in and hits you that's the worst thing we can do but i know that's one of the easiest things to do is to is to allow the enemy just to roll you over and just take you out and you know because it's just easy just to lay down you know it's like when you got all the people on a football field and they're they're trying to win the game for for four for four quarters, 15-minute quarters, and they're trying to win this game that lasts three to three and a half hours, and they begin to get tired. They don't want to get out there on the field, but they have to, in order to win the game, they have to keep trying and keep going and keep pushing and keep pressing and trying to get points so they can win the game. They don't just get out, give up and go sit down on the seat and say, I'm done, I've had enough. No, they fight until the end, until the last, come on, until the last bell is rung. Then once that last bell is rung, then the game's over. The person with the most points wins. That's the same thing with us. We can't give up and throw in the towel until this thing's over. And it ain't over until you step over into glory with a new heavenly body. Come on, where you, you don't no longer get sick. You no longer feel tired. You no longer have the enemy hammering you and attacking you. You're just in a wonderful place with God to where everything's just great and perfect and beautiful and wonderful. And you have a joy in your heart and a victory in your heart that you know that you pressed on and you kept pushing and kept trying to get there and now that you got there guess what now you can say hallelujah praise god i made it come on you can go over and check come on you can go over and, and hug paul up and say paul your word that you wrote in the book those books that you wrote in the new testament helped me to get over here it taught me things that i needed to know it taught me how to fight when the, when the fight come on taught me how to fight and how to to win this thing how to get the victory how to make it in here with you paul thank you paul for writing them books Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. All these different ones you could go and talk to in heaven. Come on, where John wrote about the, the, the glory of heaven and all the wonderful things we're going to see when we get there. You can go tell him, thank you, John, for writing that. Thank you for putting that in the book so I know what, that one day I'm going to see 
the streets of gold. One day I'm going to see the pearly gates. One day I'm going to see the walls of Jasper. One day I'm going to get over there and I'm going to see all these things that you wrote. You wrote in the book for me so that I would be able to, to have something to look forward to to get there. Hallelujah. Come on. There's so many different things you're going to want to do when you get there. But the first thing I'm going to want to do is see Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. See the one that died on the cross and saved me. Died on the cross for my soul. Come on, when I was living out in a world of sin, He looked down on me with mercy and said, Boy, I love you, and I'm going to keep dealing with you until you turn and come to me, because i got a work for you to do. And I thank God that He kept dealing with me, because I love doing this. I love preaching His Word. I love, come on, this is, this, this is wonderful. Come on, feeling His presence and His anointing, and getting on here and being able to tell you guys about the Word, and tell you guys about how to fight, tell you guys about the armor. And I, come on, I enjoy doing this. I look forward every night every time i come on go to come on and get on here and put these videos out here it's something that god has instilled inside of me and he's put inside of me a desire to want to do this because why because we have somewhere we're going and we have to win this thing and i'm trying to help you and teach you and tell you how to win this thing and how to get through and how to keep pressing on and to make it in hallelujah he wants to get your armor out of the closet and put it on take unto you the whole armor take unto you the armor of god Come on, that's what it's telling you here. Wherefore, take unto you. That means go get it and take it unto you, keeping it with you, putting it on. Not just carrying it, not carrying it in a suitcase like you're going on vacation somewhere. Come on, you put this on and you keep it on all times, 24-7. So no matter what the devil tries to do, so you'll have a way to fight against him and defend him, defend yourself against him. Hallelujah. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. How many knows that we're in the evil day? We're in the time right now. Come on, it's getting more evil out there than we... Come on, it's getting worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, people. Come on, it's getting bad out there. And God's fixing to wrap this thing up. You better be ready for it. Come on, we got to be able to stand in this day. No matter what comes our way, no matter what happens, no matter what the devil tries to do to us, we got to be able to stand. And having done all, in other words, having put on all the armor. That's what it's saying there. Having put on the armor, put on each and every individual piece to stand. Once you put it on, you stand. No matter what, you keep standing. That don't mean just stand still. That means stand in the stand on the Word of God. Stand in, stand in the fight. Stay in the fight. Keep pressing. Keep your armor on. And no matter what happens, don't take it off. Don't stop. But keep going and keep pressing and keep fighting and keep going until you make it. That's what that means there. To stand means to keep going. Keep pressing on. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. A little recap on the armor is spreading the good news. The first one I did was spreading the good news. The gospel shoes, going around telling everybody about Jesus. Your walk, the way you live, should tell others about Jesus. They should be able to see Jesus in you. They should be able to see that there's a difference in you. Change of mindset. What I was telling you about the helmet of salvation. Change your mindset. Having the mind of Christ. So you'll think differently. Whenever things happen, you'll have a different outlook on what is going on. The way you look at things will be different because God's changed the way that you see things. He shows you when, the, when it's an attack of the enemy. So you'll know how to respond, how to react. <clears throat> and how, you'll, you'll look at everything in a different way. You have the mind of Christ. Guarding your heart, the breastplate, guarding your heart, guarding what comes inside of here, protecting this from things that can get in here and corrupt you and, and cause you to lose. 
Come on, cause you to lose out on everything. Cause you to walk away from God. Cause you to lay your armor down. Come on, you have to keep that. Hallelujah. Gird up with truth. Make sure you're in the truth. Make sure you're going to the church that is telling you the truth. Make sure it lines up with the Word of God because it's got to line up with the Word of God. The true, genuine Word of God. And it has to be, that's what has, what you have to be being fed because if you're not being fed the Word of God, come on, if they're telling you it's okay to do this and okay to do that, but it doesn't line up with the Word, come on, there's something wrong there. Hallelujah. There's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus. That's through Jesus. Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only door to, to heaven. Come on, no man's going to see the Father but through through Christ Jesus. And that's the only way. So if somebody's telling you any other way than that, then you're, they're feeding you a lie. They're telling you something that is not the truth. Come on, you have to be in the truth. The truth is reality. That's what I said a while back. The truth is reality. The devil has changed everything and made it a lot of all of it make-believe. Everything is lies. Everything that is a lie is make-believe. It's not truth. The devil has no truth in him. The Bible says that there's no truth, no truth in him. He's the father of lies. He is the lie. He is the liar. Come on. He's the one that started the very first lie in heaven and told, come on, said he was going to overthrow God and got kicked out of heaven because he said, because he said that. Come on, because he thought in his heart that he could overthrow God because he had so much pride built up in him. That he, come on, he thought he was greater than God. That was a big lie. Come on, that was, that was, <laughs> that was the lie. Come on, and then he come down in the garden and he lied to man and lied to Eve. Come on, lied to him in the garden, told him that, come on, hath God really said that? That was a lie. He said, God was, no, God didn't say that. God said this. But that wasn't what God said. God said, do not eat of that tree. But the devil told him, no, if you eat of that tree, you'll be like him. Come on, that was a big, the biggest lie that was ever told to man on the earth was what the devil said in the garden. Come on, so all that, once that happened, everything became non-reality it became a come on it became a world of lies that the devil going around spreading lies telling people all these different things all throughout come on all throughout time to where we're at today come on that's why we got so many problems because people want to listen to the liar wanting to tell them come on tell them the big lie and tell them all these things that's not truth come on to cause them to get over into fantasy land instead of being in reality so get back to reality come on get back to jesus amen Balanced and tempered. We have to be balanced and tempered. Our sword has to be balanced and it has to be tempered. Tempered means, come on, it has to be hardened. It has to be, come on, hardened with the Word of God. I'm not talking about your heart or your, come on, I'm not talking about your heart being hardened. I'm talking about your sword being hardened so that when it hits something, when, come on, when it, when it attacks the enemy, it doesn't break in half or it doesn't fail you. Come on, so in order to be able to do that, you have to get in here and temper your sword, harden your sword, sharpen your sword by getting into the Word of God and knowing what to tell, come on, the enemy when he comes your way, knowing how to fight him with your words. Come on, speaking faith. Come on, speaking faith out your mouth. Know how to respond, how to react. Then the shield, the arrow stopper. Come on, we have to be able to stop the fiery, art, fiery darts of the enemy, the fiery arrows that come in to try to consume us. And our buckler speaking in faith. Come on, whenever it comes down to the wire and you're, come on, one-on-one -on -one with the devil, then you'll be able to, come on, you'll be able to speak faith. Come on, you'll have, be able to speak words out your mouth that'll, be, that'll go, go forth and perform instead of being just words coming out of your mouth with, of no effect. See, the armor may have been given to us. It may have been given to us when we went to the altar. You see, 
It's something that we're equipped with that, that is given to us. Well, once we go to the altar and that happens, we have to keep the armor. We have to put the armor on. We have to keep it on. And you have to build, you have to work on your armor. <clears throat> a good example is whenever you um, whenever you're practicing something like a sport or whatever, you have the more you practice it, the better you get. So in order to get to where you're special in it, you know, specialized in it, or more to where you're fully efficient in it, you have to be well equipped, meaning well trained in your armor. You have to be able to, when you put it on, it's effective because you have trained with it. You have you have proven it. Is what David said when he was speaking to Saul, when Saul wanted him to put on his armor to go out and fight Goliath. But he said, "I haven't proven that armor. In other words, I'm not skilled in your armor. I haven't I haven't practiced with it. If I put that on, it's going to hinder me more than it's going to help me." So if you're not if you're not well trained or well um, skilled in your armor, then your armor is going to hinder you more than it's going to help you. So in order to get good at it and good with it, you have to practice it. You have to work with it. You have to get out there. Come on, you have to just use it. Put it on and use it. Don't take it off and keep using it and keep shining it. Keep oiling it. Keep sharpening it. Keep doing all the things that you need to do. Keep the dust off your shoes. Come on, keep them cleaned up. Keep them polished. Come on, each and every piece you have to do something to it. You don't just put it on and not do anything with it. You don't just put it on and wear it. You have to put it on. You have to work with it. You have to use it. You have to make it effective in your life. I'm going to see a lot of people don't, don't believe we're in a fight. Don't believe we're in a warfare. That's, that's what a lot of the problem is. A lot of people think so. it's just others. You know, a lot of people might look at us and say, you guys are crazy. What do you think you're fighting? You know, what are we fighting? We're fighting against spiritual warfare. We're fighting against the enemy that they can't see. So to them, it looks like we're crazy. To them, it looks like we're loonies. You know, but we are truly fighting something and we're fighting against the enemy that is there. And we know he's there because we have God inside of us that has revealed to us the secret things that, that are around us that others do not know. So when somebody tells you that, have a little bit of compassion on them and pray for them that God opened their eyes because they don't know like we know. Come on, they don't know what we've been taught, what we've, what we've been shown by God and different things and what God has helped us to realize. So when they don't, see, when they don't understand that, you've got to have compassion for them because that's the reason they don't understand it is because nobody has revealed it to them. So when you start telling them things, Sometimes the reaction that you get from them, they look at you like you're crazy. They look at you like you're a nut. You know, well, let them look at you that way. What does it matter anyways whether they think you're a nut or not? Come on, if they think you're crazy over Jesus, hey, I'm crazy over Jesus. I love Jesus. I love living for Jesus. Come on, I love fighting this thing. I love getting, digging into this Word. I love getting up there preaching and, and teaching. Come on, I don't care what people think about me. Cause I, but the thing is, I want them to see that I'm different than they are. I want them to see Jesus when they look at me. I don't want them to look at me and see some hoodlum out there or somebody that's just like them so they don't see a difference in me. Come on, that's a lot of thing, That's a lot of the problem that has given Christianity a bad name because you've got people out there that's only doing it to make a living off of it instead of doing it to build the kingdom of God, instead of doing it to get people saved, instead of doing it, come on, 
doing it for the glory of God. Instead, they're doing it for the glory of themselves so they can get, come on, they can get people to love them and get people to send them a love offering, get people to take care of them, get people to finance them. You know, I don't do this for the money. I do this for God. I do this because I love doing it for the Lord. I do this because I love you. I do. I get up there and preach because I love people. Come on, I want to increase the kingdom of God. I want to do this for the Lord, not for myself, not for self-gain or self-benefit. That's what has ruined Christianity because of people doing it for, for their self-benefit, doing it, come on, for themselves and not for the Lord. So when people look and see people doing that, then they think, well, if that's what that's all about, I don't want nothing to do with it. I mean, you do, you ain't living no different than me. So see, you're not showing them an example. You're not showing them, hey, there is something here that's going to change. towards others but we have to also live this in front of them so when they see us they see Jesus through us and through our walk and through our, the way that we live I want to read a couple more a couple more verses here you see what I was telling you about us taking hold take unto you the armor of God you have to take it okay keep it take it keep it you have to fight for it it's not something that's just given to you and then you don't have to do anything else from that day forth Salvation is free, but come on, when the devil finds out that God's called you out and changed you, then he's going to attack you. Come on, he's going to come after you and try to beat you down and win you back over to him. So, yes, it is a fight that we're in. We have to, we have to fight for it. Paul wouldn't have said fight if we didn't have to fight. Paul wouldn't have said, hey, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course if he didn't fight. So that's why we have to fight. So if somebody tells you that you don't have to fight or tells you that, come on, that that it's free you don't have to do anything come on you have to do something once you're saved it's something that's it starts from that day forth where you're constantly living for god you're constantly pressing and pushing and trying to win this thing because you got an adversary that is beating against you and pushing against you and trying to stop you if he does stop you then you'll never know that he's fighting against you because you've done stopped and done gave up a lot of people, they'll, they'll, back, they'll come on, a lot of people backslide back away from the Lord. I know a lot of people don't like that word, but that word is in the Bible. Come on, for you people that don't know that, and for you people that don't believe in the word backsliding, backsliding is in the Bible. So if it's in the Bible, I'm telling you something that's in the Bible. I'm not going to get on here and tell you something that's not in here that I can't back up with a word. The Bible says God says He's married to the backslider. And on several other places it says backslidden Israel. Do you think that's just speaking of Israel? No, that's speaking of anybody that has walked away from God. Come on, somebody has come to God and got saved, went down to the altar, prayed through, got up, lived for God for a little while, and then walk away. That person is a backslider. If they walk away from God, they're a backslider. So that's not just for the Jews. That's for everybody that walks away from God. So now listen, that is losing the fight. When Paul said he fought a good fight, Paul stayed in this thing. Once he was changed on the road to Damascus, when God, when Jesus stood before him and blinded him and where he couldn't see, and he looked up and he saw, come on, he saw Jesus and then he was blind and couldn't see after that for, a, for quite a while and went to that, that guy's house in Damascus. I can't remember his name right now, but he went to his house and the guy took care of him. God, God 
sent a vision to him and told him to take care of Paul. He knew who Paul was. He knew Paul was a persecutor of the Christians. See, Paul, before he came to the Lord, for you people that don't know, he was persecuting the Christians. He, was, he sat there and watched Stephen get stoned. He held the coats for the people that were stoning Stephen. While Stephen looked up in the heaven and started speaking in tongues and said he sees Jesus on the right hand of the Father in heaven. And then he gave up the ghost and went, went to sleep. And his soul went on into heaven and his body laid there dead with, the, with come on, <laughs> hallelujah. He, Stephen went on up to be with the Lord right there in front of Paul. Paul seen that. He witnessed it with his own eyes. And from that day forth, he was persecuting the Christians. Until Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and changed him that day. And then he pledged his life to the Lord. Come on, he became a servant of the Lord. Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Come on, he wrote, hallelujah, a lot of teaching for us. And he told us how to fight. He told us in the Word of God how to stand and how to make it. But he said, I've fought a good fight. Before he left this world, he said, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Come on, hallelujah. He completed his course. So he knew, he told us right there that we that he had to fight in order to win. He had to fight in order to make it. We have to fight in order to make it. In, in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, Paul's saying here to Timothy, he says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. Come on, you have to profess a good profession before many people watching you. Come on, watching how you come on how you walk and how you talk, how you act, how you respond. Come on, how you react. Come on, that's all we have to make sure that they see Jesus whenever we do that. So we have to fight the good fight of faith, but the thing is I'm wanting to bring out here is lay hold on eternal life. That means take hold of it. That means grab a hold of it. Don't let go of it. Keep hold. Come on, keep holding on and grab a hold of come on, grab a hold of the hand of the Lord and keep a hold of it and don't let go. And when you start getting a little weak, then ask him to give you strength. Ask him to hold on to you. Come on, ask him to increase his grip on you and help you. Come on, be your strength in your time of weakness. Because he is our he is our strength in our time of weakness. As long as we look to him and trust him and believe him. Come on and keep a hold of him and and not let go and not Turn around and walk back because there's nothing to walk back to. We have to keep pressing forward and fighting and moving, moving forward, ever pressing and pushing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Not ever letting go. Fight the good fight of faith till you make it in. Lay hold on eternal life and not let go. And in verse 19 of the same chapter, it says, Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Come on, you have to lay up in store for you a good foundation. How do you lay up a store for you a good foundation? By being in the house of God every time the doors are open so that you can be fed the Word of God so that you can get into His presence with others and gain strength from each other and gain strength from strength from other people. When people tell you, I can sit in my living room and watch TV. You know, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even the more so as you see that day approaching as a manner of some do. Come on, some people don't go to church. Some people... Come on, they'll sit in their living room and watch live stream or sit in their living room and watch some preacher on TV instead of going into the house of the Lord. When you go into the house of the Lord with other people, come on, that's why the devil wanted to try to stop us from going to church last year there during COVID. Come on, because he wanted to get us separated from each other so we couldn't gain strength amongst numbers. As long as we're together, all of us worshiping together in unity, come on, it builds strength. We gain strength from each other because sometimes it can be a little hard for us sometimes to press into that that lies beyond the veil. 
which is Jesus Christ, which is His anointing and His power. Come on, sometimes it's a little hard for us to press in. Come on, from having a weary day at work or tired, or we come in and we're just beat down and wore out. Come on, but you get into the presence. Come on, you get into the house of the Lord and somebody else presses in. Come on, and it brings that anointing into the house. And then it begins easy. It becomes easier for you to press in when it was hard, but because of somebody else. Come on, somebody else paying attention and being willing, a willing vessel for the Lord and that, that was able to press through. Come on, and then that allowed it to make it a little easier for others to press through. Then the next thing you know, you got, come on, you got God in the house and everybody's getting a blessing. Come on, everybody's shouting, everybody's hollering, everybody's praising God, everybody's speaking in tongues. Come on, hallelujah. That's what it's all, come on, that's what it's all about, about coming together in unity in the house of the Lord. The armor works the same way because you can't have one piece of the armor and not have the others on because they all work in unity, just like the church works in unity when the church comes together. Everybody needs to come into the house. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when they were in that upper room, and the, come on, when the Holy Spirit come in like a flood and started running from one side to the other and back across the other way, mighty sound of a mighty rushing wind, and all of them started speaking in tongues. Come on, speaking in tongues of another language, a heavenly language, as the anointing and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were all in unity all in one mind and in one accord. If we could all come into the house of the Lord and get in one mind and in one accord, come on, without that hindrance and push everything else aside, quit thinking and worrying about what's going on after church and get into the presence of the Lord and stop worrying so much about what time we're going home or what time we're getting out of there. Come on, and just worry about what you're going to get from God that night to help you get through the week. Come on, then, hallelujah, we all come in one mind and one accord. I can only imagine what could happen under that roof. Come on, hallelujah. You're going to get the presence of the Lord in there. There's going to be people healed and miracles take place. And all that's going to happen. But you see, we have to do that in unity. Not staying home and watching live stream. Not staying home and watching preachers on TV. Come on, find you a, finding you a good church with a good foundation. Come on, that's teaching truth. And get in there. Come on, get in one mind and one accord with others and get into the presence of the Lord. And quit worrying about everything else. Start getting your mind on God and worrying about making sure you're ready to go and making sure you can help others out there that needs to see Jesus and help build the kingdom of the Lord. Help build the kingdom of heaven. Laying up in store for yourself a good foundation. I'm going to lay hold. Take unto you the whole armor. Take unto you the armor of God. Come on, get off, get off, your, get off your seat. Get your armor out of the closet. Polish it up. Put it on. And let's get on with this thing. Let's come on. Let's get on fighting for the Lord and win this thing so we can all make it over there together. Because that's what it's all about. Come on, fighting the good fight of faith. Take hold of an eternal life. So that you can get in there and tell Paul when you make it that, Paul, I fought a good fight. Just like you did, I fought a good fight, Paul. I pressed, I kept pushing, I kept going until I made it in. I kept going until I reached the prize. And while you're doing it, you can help others because they'll see that you're working and that you're doing what you're professing to be. They'll see that you're not just saying you're a Christian. They'll see that you are a Christian because you're bearing the fruit. you got fruit on your tree. Come on, the fruit that they can see is of God. Not... Uh, not like the I remember the old orange trees. You had to get underneath them, and cut off the the uh, sour sprouts that come off on. 
because if you didn't cut off the sour sprouts and you had an orange an orange tree coming up half of it a good orange tree and the other half a sour sprout but because of the sour sprout being together on that tree if you don't cut it off and it all grows up together then that sour sprout of that tree is going to cause all the rest of the fruit on that tree to be sour just because that sour sprout come off the side of it and it wasn't pruned off if you're <laughs> if you're bearing two different types of fruit you're only bearing one fruit you're bearing the fruit that when people see it they don't see god they don't see jesus through you they don't see the fruit of the lord coming off your tree because you can't have sour fruit and good fruit if you're producing any sour fruit then it's all sour because just that sour that little bit of sour fruit come on i'm not talking about like if you every now and then sometimes we fall sometimes we you know we mess up that's because we're in warfare when that happens you need to hit the hit the come on hit your knees and pray and ask god to forgive you and try not to do it again because you don't want to fall we need to try never to fall because when we fall before others and they see that they see that you fell and that's not a very good profession that's not something they need to see the bible says it's an abomination for the righteous to fall in front of the unjust because when they see you fall just one time they see you fall come on that's all they need to see and they don't want nothing to do with you or what you're professing to be just from seeing you fall that one time people's like that come on but you need to get them sour sprouts cut off of you come on get the get them sour sprouts cut off of you start bearing the fruit of the lord because that's how people know you're of god they help putting the armor on to help you keep yourself keep them sour sprouts from growing too and it'll help you be able to fight help you to be able to stand help you to continue to press on and continue to press forward I hope this helped you tonight. Um, the next one I'm going to start. I see I've done told y'all. I know you're probably looking in Ephesians chapter 6 there and say, well, he's done covered all the armor. What more armor is there? You know, because I spoke about the helmet of salvation. I spoke about the, the gospel shoes. I spoke about having your loins girt about with truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. So you're saying, oh, y'all didn't, you know, spoke about all that. Well, there's two more pieces of armor that wasn't mentioned as armor, and they're, they're the javelins. And that's what I'm going to be going into next. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the javelins are until I start teaching on them. So you catch the next one, and then you'll, you'll, uh, you'll see what they're all about. And um, there's probably going to be two of them on the javelins because there's two different javelins. And uh, but I hope this helped you tonight. I love you guys. and. I'll see y'all next time. God bless you.